You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Thanks y'all for listening to the episode 15 of the God-Centered Mom podcast. Before I get started with today's interview, which, oh my Lanta, it's so good. I'm telling you, it has already changed my mothering after doing the interview, so I can't wait to share it with you. But first I wanted to just give a shout out to those of you who left reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much. I mean, first of all, it's just nice to hear the encouragement. I didn't realize, like, I'm putting the podcast out there, and I hear from some friends and family that they're enjoying them, but just to hear your words and people that I don't even know how it's impacted them, that's just really encouraging. And um, anyone who ministers knows that it's nice to know what you're doing isn't fruitless. So thank you, uh, KKL2, for your kind words. Thank you, Mommy Fierce. Oh, pregnant mama with two toddlers. Whew, girl. Hang in there, sister. And then Nia Jean, uh, thank you for your kind words. I'm glad you find it authentic and insightful. And Leslie, thank you, of course, for your... Leslie at CerseGal.com, thank you for your sweet words of encouragement. And um, Sugar Shugs, what an awesome name. Thank you for your review, um, fellow mom. She has three boys, uh, and I love that you also listen at the grocery store. And I am sorry I... Uh, get you to laugh out loud, although not sorry, because laughing is great. So thank you all, and um, if you are so moved to leave a review on iTunes, I would so appreciate it so that other moms could find this podcast and be encouraged. Thanks, and enjoy September McCarthy. Hey y'all, welcome to the God-Centered Mom Podcast. I have just been so excited about this interview because September McCarthy is an amazing, amazing woman of God. I met her via blogging. She flew out to Dallas to a conference I was hosting, and she just blew me away with her humility, her gentleness, her smile, her love, and more than that, she brought along her her older daughter, who I think was like older teens at the time. And just, you know, when you see someone's work, maybe an artist's, a painting they've, you know, done or been a part of, you're in awe of the artist. Well, seeing a mom with her child and seeing the beautiful work that she's been a part of just speaks to how amazing September is. And September is the mom to 12 children. You heard that right? 12 children. She um, writes online. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a... um, blog that she titles One September Day, but you can find her at SeptemberMcCarthy.com. And I'm so excited that she said yes when I asked her to be on this podcast. So welcome, September, to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for um, recording me and just um, letting me be part of your special place online. So you, we, we had a little mix up on time because you don't live in Dallas. You flew to Dallas for that conference from very far away. Where do you live? We live in upstate New York, very rural country, so we're on a different time zone, and we are experiencing some really cold, snowy weather, and have been for about 
five months now. Oh, my Lord. So, yep. I'm in envy over your Dallas sun. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was telling September we had the craziest weekend where it was 80 on Saturday and in the teens on Sunday. And it just keep, that just keeps happening here. At least we're getting little blips of heat, and you're just dealing with constant cold. So I am so sorry. So, so sorry for your winter. Um, and September has some exciting things. We'll, we'll get into her story, but I just want to real quick. She, um, I told you she writes online. You can find her at her own site. And then also you guest post at um, Sally Clarkson's site. Right, mm-hmm. I take joy, yes. and then um, you also have a very exciting new adventure coming mm-hmm. up. You are hosting mm-hmm. something, an upstate New right. York. Why don't yeah. you go ahead and tell everyone what you're doing? Uh, we have a um, first time ever annual conference for moms in the Northeast, and um, not just New York, but for the whole Northeast. And uh, we um, have given this conference the title "Raising Generations Today." And we will be having this conference coming up in just, I think, 17 days, March 21st and 22nd. And we're very excited to see what God has already done. This is totally his, his conference and um, not mine. We're just, the, we're just the people doing the on-the-ground details. But um, we have over 300 people coming, and we're just excited um, to minister to these moms, encourage them. And the theme this year is hope. So um, if you think of it, you can pray about it. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, y'all, even right this second, if you're just listening, just say a prayer for the conference. Say a prayer for weather, right? Yes, right. (laughs) No nor'easters, and just that those moms do leave with hope. And I know they will, because I know your story, September, is full of hope, and I know you project hope. Why don't you go ahead and tell us um, how long you've been married, and I already gave away that you have 12 children, but... uh, I don't know if you want to say all their names or just say how many boys, how many girls. You probably get to that point, don't you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you have so, um, ma- yep. so many. Go ahead. We, we, we've been married. Uh, my husband and I have been married 25 years and this July. And we have 10 children. And um, the oldest is uh, Ben, and he's 22. And he was just recently married. And so now we have another daughter. So we have seven daughters well, now eight and three sons and um, the girls and the um, emotions and all of the things that come with girls um, definitely outweigh um, the boy stuff in this home. So I know we, you and I are on op- opposite spectrums of that. Well, you get to see both. I mean, people tell me that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, here, I'm, I'll believe you. But I mean, uh, you're seeing both. So I'll, I'm going to take your word for it. And I'm sorry I said you had 12 yeah. kids. You're a family of 12. Family which, of 12, which yep, you have that's 10. okay. Yeah, okay. That's okay. Um, so, yep, we have 10 children, and um, we... Uh, and you just had that wedding. We, that's very fun. Yeah, we just had a wedding, and then our second daughter, Sarah, whom you met in Texas, she's getting married in July, so we're planning another wedding oh. right after in the conference. So it's a very big year for our family, but... Um, well, and then you compared, know, like, marrying off a boy versus a girl... Yes, it's a lot different, a lot different. Um, but it was really neat to watch my son get married and mm. just to see to see him, um, you know, give his heart to another woman. And when he was really just my, you know, little boy all those years, and I was the only person in his heart that he kept really close and dear. So it was a beautiful moment, and it was a perfect time for release for me and for him. And God just took care of it all. And so what a beautiful picture of um, letting it go. It was a blessing to me. God really blessed us through that. So hmm. um, anyways, 
Um, yes, yeah, so we have 10 children. We have um, seven children at home with the Lord. We've experienced miscarriage and full-time loss at birth with um, our, some of our babies. And um, so we really have a ministry, also our family, for women who are grieving and <clears throat> have experienced um, have experienced loss. So um, it's kind of neat to see that God takes all of our, our um, hard times Times and uses them in the future for something to glorify him. Wow. That, I mean, yeah. you roll it off like it's, you know, and we have seven children. I mean, that's a lot of loss that you have experienced. Was it yeah. trickled throughout your mothering or was it all in at one time? How, how, what was the, what was well, the story with, with those losses? Yeah. And, well, our story, um, begins with, we were married and, um, Shortly after we married, we found out we were expecting, and so right off the bat, we um, found out we were going to have a baby, and we miscarried that baby. So our first child um, went right to the arms of Jesus, and so um, we waited a while, and then we found out we were expecting again, and this time, about four months into my pregnancy, we discovered that um, our baby didn't have any kidneys, so the doctors sat us down and told us that you know, she wouldn't live, and they encouraged us to do preterm birth um, just because, you know, five months of carrying a baby they thought would be um, a horrible torture to a woman to know that she's carrying a baby that wouldn't live. But we um, we chose to carry her, and we prayed over her in the pregnancy, and it was hard. I spent many nights up um, crying and grieving, and but I had all that time to spend with her while she moved and lived with inside of me. So um, we spent a lot of time in music and prayer and verses over her and um, she was born on her due date and she lived about 35 minutes and we got to hold her and we um, watched as she entered the gates of heaven and it was a very beautiful moment. God gave us an amazing amount of strength um, that surpasses anything I ever believed could be possible. So um, not to say it was easy, but you know, 25 years later, I'm able to say that God is so good. And then um, our third pregnancy was um, a miscarriage as well. So at wow. this point, we thought maybe this was our path and this was our journey. And I wasn't handling it too well. I had to work really hard with God, wrestle with him for a long time over um, why. And so I do understand when women say that. I understand what that means to them. But shortly after this time, we found out we were expecting another baby. And um, this was our oldest now, Ben, who's 22. And um, that was an amazing pregnancy. Spent a lot of time in music at the piano with him and singing like our other pregnancies. And um, partway through this pregnancy, we found out that I had a serious health problem, ended up in the hospital with some um, surgeries. And they told me that um, he might have severe issues when he's born and um, he might not make it through the surgeries. Well, he was born nine months later, crying and screaming, healthy, robust boy and wow. Um, wow. smart as a whip. And he has been gifted with music, and he ministers across New York State with his new wife for music Wow, now. that is so, so cool. So cool. Yeah. So from the first pregnancy to his birth, mm -hmm. how many years was that? He, um, let's see, hmm. well, three. So that happened in a three-year period. Um, and I oh. was married young, so it was... Um, when I look back on that, if I think about my daughter getting married now, she's older than I was when I got married and lost some of my babies, and I just can't even imagine her going through that at this age. But and were, had um, you had when did you accept Christ as your Savior? How old were you? I I came to know Christ 
um, as my savior when I was 12. So um, it was like a locomotion steam engine when I came to know Christ. I could not chase him fast enough. And so I soaked up every bit of the word as I could. And I feel like when he lit that fire in me, thank the Lord, um, I just, you know, chased after him because I can't imagine not having his word and the hope in me when I was going through those times. So um, I, I just encourage women to soak it up as much as possible because you just never know what's around the corner. Wow, that's good so. advice. That's good advice. And so you had Ben, and then we had Ben, and, and then you had, and a, we had yeah, you had Sarah. And yeah. We, yeah, then when we had Sarah, and um, she was born very strong and independent, beautiful baby, and she's the same today as she was when she was born. And um, then we had our son Matthew, who is nineteen, and um, beautiful spirit of a child, and. And then we found out we were expecting identical twin boys after Matthew. And then, uh, so he, Matthew was um, very young still, and um, we were very excited having twins, having boys. And um, shortly after, into this pregnancy, they told me that we had, uh, the babies were healthy, but there was a situation with them being identical, and it was a serious health problem. But if we could get to week 25 with our babies, then we would be set and maybe we could um, do an emergency C-section and keep them in the NICU. So our goal right from the beginning was um, to get to week 25. But the complication with this was that um, while I was pregnant for them in the first mm, 19 weeks, my body was creating excessive, you know, the babies were creating excessive amounts of amniotic fluid. So I, mm. my husband had to take me in two times a week and they had to put in a needle in my stomach and they had to draw excessive amounts of fluid, quarts of fluid off of the, um, the babies in my stomach. And it was very, very painful. And, um, and right along, they told me that it was a life threatening situation for them and for myself. And I fought and I wrestled with God. Why could this be happening? I already have three beautiful children. You know, I want to stay here with them and I want my babies. And so, um, about week 23, the doctor said, listen, we only have two weeks to go. They're growing. They're healthy. They're doing well. Um, and I just remember getting up one night and giving up the fight and saying, this is this is your plan. What, what you want for these babies in our life right now, you have to take because I cannot carry this anymore. Mm. And I just cried out to him. And um, Matthew was in the bassinet on the next to me. And I just remember the cold, you know, the cold floor and my knees and just the, I can see it now. So I remember um, waking up in the middle of the night, a couple hours after this happened and something woke me up and I knew, I knew it was what had happened. I couldn't feel the movement of the babies anymore. And um, so I woke my husband up and we went to the doctor and they confirmed that our babies, Luke and Aaron, had gone home to be with Jesus one week before the projected date of their birth. So mm. so we have our baby boys in heaven there too. And um, that was a real growing experience for my husband and I. We came very close at this point in our marriage um, through this loss. I had to really rely on him physically, but... Mm. Um, we have a lot of great memories and pictures of um, all of our babies and for them included. So really dear to our hearts, those, those babies. Mm. So then we had three girls and then we had two more miscarriages and then we had a boy and then we had three more girls. So um, I think that completes the 10. <laughs> I think if I think wow. through the life, 
Wow. But, um, I mean, yeah, so what I'm amazed, like we know now you have 10. We know the end of this. I mean, I think you're done. I think you're done. The end of the story is that you have yeah. 10. But the mm-hmm. moment, I'm thinking of the, the girl, you as a girl, with after yes. the first miscarriage, after the loss of an infant, after the loss of another, another miscarriage, and you're sitting there thinking the why, the questioning God, mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. And because God's without time, he sees you in 2014 with these 10. He sees you... Mm-hmm. At Ben's wedding, celebrating, mm-hmm. he sees all of that, and he says, right. "Just wait. It's so yeah. good. It's just so yeah. good." But there was no hope, right, for that for yeah. that girl with the with the loss of three children. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm almost crying here in my kitchen, thinking, picturing, mm-hmm. you know, how God sees it, and we have such a limited view, and yet it's so hard to trust when what we see it, it looks it's is such grief and sadness and loss. Mm-hmm, um, right. And I think I learned more than anything through each and every one of those losses was that I had to forcefully and make myself cry out to God even when I didn't want to say the words and he would draw nigh to me. I mean, literally, I did not. I was tired. I was physically weak. I was in bed. I ended up in the hospital for a lot of those things. And I was just tired. And I was tired of being tired Mm. and tired of losing babies and burying them. We've had to have, you know, a few funerals. And I just remember saying to my husband, I just, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Mm. And um, here we are today. And I, and I did, I told my son at his, after his wedding, we had some time together, he and his wife and my husband and I, and we just like to, we like to chew over things, our family, like we like to sit and rehash and talk about moments. And um, he said, well, what what would be like if you had some moments from the wedding, mom, that stood out to you, what would they be? And I said, you know, Ben, I said, I literally felt <clears throat> like I was standing in heaven at your wedding and I was watching all that we lived through come to fruition in that moment all of those days all of those hard moments all of the teaching and raising you and walking you and taking you to music lessons and teaching you about character all of those moments it was like I was standing in heaven watching all of that play out I said that to me was the biggest gift of motherhood I could have ever had and it made the release so much easier and I think that's what it is with loss is that you can see things with heaven's perspective and it makes the loss and the release so much better, so much easier. Okay, I'm so. totally crying now. Now, now yeah. you did it. You pushed me over. That Sorry. Is, I mean, oh, whoops. <laughs> that is like, ugh. I mean, yeah. especially since I have Sorry. boys. I mean, I'm with your son, like, yeah. uh, to get yeah. to that point gives mm-hmm. me the strength for now. You know, I think yeah. that 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 vision see things. Oh, I wish I was going to write it down, and then my tears got in the way. See things. Yeah. With, what did you say? See things with. Heaven. See things through this, like a slice of heaven. It gives the release. It makes the release so much easier. I, it's just you're able to see all of the all that you've done and all that you've invested um, come to fruition. So so good. That's so yeah. good. Um. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's everybody get your Kleenex and dab the eyes. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, well, um, so go ahead. 
were you going to say? I was just going to, I was just going to say that, um, before Ben got married, he had written me a letter and, um, at Mother's Day and, you know, I got to think maybe I should read this because, you know, mothers of boys or even mothers of teenage girls, we don't always know what's going on in their heart. And, um, it's just a two paragraph letter, but, um, I just want to read that. I think you can, you can, um, take from this what he just said, um, I'm eternally thankful for you, Mom. Your faithfulness to the Lord is and has been directly manifested in all other areas of your life. Your never-ceasing pursuit of the Lord has built such an incredible heritage baton, and I couldn't be more thankful to take it, run with it, and give it to the next generation. You and Dad have begun a work that will have an impact for generations to come. The Lord is good, and he continues to be faithful to my life verse that you and Dad prophesied over me. Thank you for wanting the best for me and the rest of our kids and our family. I love you deeply, your son, Ben. And I read this, and it makes me think about um, when he wrote that letter, he didn't thank me for taking him to sports, and he didn't thank me for taking him to mm. music lessons. Mm. And he thanked me for all the things that wore me out. He thanked me for my pursuit after God and it made me really think more about what I'm doing with the other kids, you know, the other children. Okay. So this just yesterday, just yesterday I put, I was reading Psalm, um, 18 mm -hmm. or Psalm 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, and it's, you know, it's written by David. So it's in the, the male voice, but I mm -hmm. read it for some reason that morning and replaced all the men with women and the he's mm. with the she's. And I feel like what your son wrote embodies this. It says, blessed is the woman who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. Her children will be mighty in the land, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. And her righteousness endures forever, even in the darkness. Light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous woman. Surely she will never be shaken. A righteous woman will be remembered forever. She will have no fear of bad news. Her heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Her heart is secure. She will have no fear. I feel like faith Amen. is the, the running theme. That, that yeah. the faith that you have in God is what your son saw. The faithfulness to the Lord. The never-ceasing pursuit. That is um, the, the righteous that. live by faith. And, and your righteousness is what mm -hmm. is your rightness with God is what your son saw. And like you said, it's not the things we do that the world mm -hmm. thinks are great. It's it's that he saw your heart in the midst mm -hmm. of a lot of pain. I'm sure he was old enough to be there yeah. when you went through, you know, yes, yes, ben, Yeah, Ben got saved on, um, he came to know the Lord as a savior on the way home from the our twin boy's funeral. So oh, he's in the wow. back seat of our, wow. Yeah, he was in the back seat of our car and he just wanted to know, he wanted to make sure his brothers were going to be in heaven and he wanted to know how we knew that for sure and that just led to an amazing, um, amazing day. So it's been a really neat thing, like you said, to look back and see what God can do with um, really, you know, uh, like a, a really difficult thing. He just kind of chisels away until we're just fully exposed and then he uses it. So, And I, I was going to say this earlier and I, I, I want to go back to it because I think it's really important um, that people really, really hear that you can cry out to God, that that's yeah. not, that, that's not pushed over because, um, we were studying the Psalms, like I just mentioned a Psalm and at church and we were going over one of the most famous laments, um, on Sunday and our, uh, the pastor that day said, 
sometimes those with the strongest faith cry out the loudest mm-hmm. because they are know they know who God is and they're wondering why if you mm-hmm. are this God and you are so great and you have a great plan why is this happening mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. because you cry out doesn't mean that you don't believe in God it may mean right. that you believe even more so that he is powerful he is capable he has a great plan your mm-hmm. current situations do not make sense when you know when you know right. when you know when you know who God is so don't be afraid to cry out if you're that mom who's had the multiple miscarriages or the you know the failed preg- lots of pregnancies and lots of loss and so um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so your your son is amazing your kids are amazing you're amazing but you're still a human being and you still have a flesh. Let's just talk about, just be an encouragement because I know sometimes when I'm in my worst moments, my lies that come in my head are not necessarily about me. They are about other moms that I think would be doing it better. Oh, if September was in this situation, she would totally use her sweet voice and she would be (laughs) so kind to her kids. And why can't I be more like September? Oh, if this mm. was so-and-so, and I put that mom, mm. and I just mm-hmm. assume that she never yells, and she never struggles, and she never has a hard day. And I know that's not true because you've been vulnerable with me, but people yeah. might see your sweet smile and hear your sweet words and think that you never struggle. Um, you no, to- I, no, I, my motherhood has been a journey. I tell moms, you know, you don't start off with um, knowing exactly what you're going to get when you're a mom and um, never once did mom anyone ever tell me before I had children that motherhood would be hard they never told me that Mm. and so um, when we're thinking of preparing to have a family um, I think what would I tell a woman that um, thinks that every other mom has it together well I would tell her number one that we've all gone through every single emotion that they've gone through and I, I don't know one mom who hasn't raised her voice. And, um, you know, just to be real, I would say my first 10 years of motherhood, I was a yeller. I, I was a yeller. Like, I could not. I would get so infuriated and so upset. And that was the emotion that I displayed instead of, like, fuming inside or stomping away. Or um, I would just, you know, have these outbursts, like, why did you do that? And what were you thinking? And, um it was an amazing, um, I can remember the, the year of this complete transformation, and it wasn't by any goodwill of my own, but realizing that um, I had I had destroyed part of my daughter's heart with this, and I could mm. see it, like, it was that moment when you see that in your child's eyes where, wow, what did I just do? What did, mm. what just happened there? And they completely shut that part of their communication down with you, mm. and I um, remember walking to my room and just like literally my hands were on my head and I was just bawling, crying, saying, I can- how do I fix this? I cannot fix this. I continually say, I don't want to yell. I don't want to react this way, but it keeps happening. What mm. can I do differently? And I had to intentionally um, make make a way to um, change this, but it was really God who did it. He took, he completely took that from me. And um, when I looked back on that I think what a transformation it wasn't really all in my undoing but I had to take practical steps and God had to do a huge work in my heart it was really all about my heart but yeah I make mistakes and I have many many bad mom moments okay so so I'm year what my oldest will be nine in August and I've totally spent the last nine years yelling so Mm -hmm. 
can you give us a few of those practical steps? <laughs> like yeah, I'm sitting yeah, here, pens yeah, ready, well, pens ready, whatever practical <laughs> steps. So here's, I, I remember very distinctly happening is the first thing that would happen to me, I think when I would react is that I was reacting because I was upset that I felt that they were doing something they knew better. Hmm. So I had to change I had to change my way of thinking and think their children, their children, their children. This is my job to show them the way, to show hmm. them the way and this is definitely not the way the way I'm reacting. So that was the first thing I had to like as soon as I felt myself getting angry, I would literally um, specifically with my daughter Sarah, she you know, she um Ben was very mild-tempered, very um, very pleasing child. Sarah was very sweet and loving, but she is very independent. So that's when I began to see this problem. So I began to teach myself when she would do something or say something, whether it was childishness, foolishness, or she would do something that I knew she was saying to provoke me because yes, children do that. Mm -hmm. They say things mm -hmm. to provoke us. Um, I, I had to begin training myself to do this. I would stand there and I would feel the anger or the frustration and I would turn my back to her and mm. I would walk away and I would leave the moment. I wouldn't even respond to her. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to say something. So the first thing I did was I would learn to just turn my back and walk out of the room. Mm. And it was literally like an amazing freeing thing. And if I felt like I had to keep walking, I would walk up the steps or out the front door, wherever I needed to until I was able to think clearly. Because, mm. you know, when we're when we, we're reacting that way, we're not really thinking. We're just mm. like saying our emotions mm. and, um, you know, our God's ways are better than our ways. Our our thinking isn't always what it should be. Right. And so, um, so that would help. That um, and so the second thing I would do is I would come back and I would say I would ask pointed questions to get to the heart of the matter. So I would say to her or whatever child, um, you know, I'd ask them questions like, "What were you thinking?" or um, "Do you know why that?" was wrong and I would ask some questions and sometimes it would lead right back into that confrontation again and I would say to them I'm not going to be able to talk to you about this right now you need to leave the room mm. and just recently in the last few weeks I've been tested again in this area um, even more um, with a child that I least expected it from and I mm. and I told them you need to leave the room and they just stood there mm. and I said no you know, no, you need to leave the room. And I could feel my voice getting a little higher yeah. and screechier. And um, they didn't. And so um, I left the room. And mm. so now we have another issue. Now I had to deal with disobedience. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, but either way, that's a general mom struggle, I think, you know, feeling um, frustration and anger and, and just thinking that raising our voice is going to fix the problem when really it's just controlling ourselves in that moment and knowing that that's really not showing them the way. Um, so, and then you said you did work with God, like you just, you know, you yes. just talk with God, don't change your heart. Yes. What, I did asked you pray any scripture? Away. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I asked him to take it away. I asked him that my, you know, I would pray scripture that my thoughts would be his thoughts and my ways would be his ways. I prayed that I would be able to take every thought captive so, like, if I was thinking to say something, that it would just, I would hold it, and I would not say it if it wasn't necessary to be said. Oh, that's um, good. I think so often we think thoughts captive, like, believe the truth, not the lie. But I think keeping them captive mm -hmm, from not releasing yeah. everything we think, that's a really interesting way to look at that. Yeah. 
So, and I would, um, I would pray scripture about, you know, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, health of the bones. I would pray um, a harsh word stirs up anger, um, but a soft answer turns away wrath. I would just say these things to myself through the day. I'd post them. And I specifically prayed that God would take it away, that mm. he would take it away. Please take this away. Um, because I knew it wasn't something good in my life. Mm. Because sometimes we, we see things like, you know, a trial and we want him to take it away. But this is not a characteristic of God. Mm. And it was something that would please him. And I knew if he knew my heart and I wanted it to be gone and I worked at it, it would go away. And, and it did. It did. It's not even the person I am today. Hmm. So. That gives me such hope. You have no idea, September. I'm going to just, I don't even know. It's an amazing, it's an amazing journey. It wasn't overnight, you know, but, um, no, and every but once in a while, go ahead. Every once in a while I can feel that come back and, um, I will stop. I will stop my words. Like I will be saying, I don't know what you were thinking in that moment. And then my voice will get louder and I'll stop and I'll just walk out of the room. And everybody mm. is like, where did she go? <laughs> <laughs> but they better also- than a, a fool gives full vent to their anger, right? Like it, you mm. had the anger and you, you're stopping it. I mean, that is admirable. That is admirable. So, That's really. It's something worth, it's something worth pursuing because I think that, Sometimes we um, beat ourselves up over the things we're doing more than things we're not doing. Like mm. we think we're comparing other moms. Well, mm. September or so and so wouldn't react that way when really we're just upset with the way we reacted. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow, so good. Wow. Okay, so we really only have a few more minutes, and I don't even like that because I want to talk Time to you for another us. hour. I know when you have piano lessons too. Yeah, so. we have music lessons every uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. So, oh, so uh, fun, so fun. We haven't gotten into that yet, but that's awesome. Well, okay, so um, I think how many minutes do you have left that I can? Uh, oh, I have eight minutes. Okay, <laughs> eight minutes. Okay, in eight minutes, um, let's talk about uh, not just surviving but thriving. Let's talk about um, you have a lot of children, and I get down when I feel like there are just so many tasks I don't even have time to enjoy my children because it takes so much energy and so much time to just keep them dressed and fed and yeah clean and and they're not to the point where they can fully all participate in those tasks so it just feels like Mm -hmm. it's work what did you do to move from the work mode of just maintaining keeping children alive to like enjoying them I, when my first um, five children were younger, I was in that, you know, work survival mode. But partway through, I realized that I could not survive myself. I could not live like that any longer. It was like literally just like taking sips of water every day. You know, it was just not enough. And so I eliminated every distraction in my life that I could think possible. And where there was an empty spot, I began to place with um, replace with things that we could do together, and so I began to live life with my children instead of living life for them. And so that's like we, a huge phrase right there. That is like yeah. my biggest thing right now. That is my biggest thing. Like li- yeah. doing things with them, not for. Like I think that is where we get things mixed up, and we're mm-hmm. we're working for the children and not realizing that we can show them this mm-hmm. life 
They can yeah. serve with us. They can do things with Oh, that's so good. Okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. So you did things so that you I could do together. Yeah, so I began to identify the things that God placed in my heart because God made each of us women very special. Like some of us are very artistic. Some of us are musical. Some of us love community and serving and food pantries. And some of us like, you know, to the city. And we all have different bents and those things aren't there by accident. So I wanted to thrive as a woman and not think about, well, I'm just missing 10 years of my life and someday I may get it back. I didn't want to think that way. Mm. And so I stopped, you know, living every single moment with them and, um, there would be mornings, for example, um, that we would get up and I would um, slick their hair back real nice, the boys and the girls had on, you know, real cute outfits. And I purposed the night before to make that special. Um, that's something I enjoy doing is, you know, taking the kids someplace where they look nice and that's just important to me mm. and um, and doing something for someone else. So uh, we began a nursing home ministry, our family, when my kids were very young. And so on our devotional mornings, I thought this is when I'm going to take my devotion time with them and make it. Um, turn it into something we can use. It's not going to be like, oh, it's time for devotions. Mm. So we would get out the hymnal or whatever books we had or whatever fun songs. It doesn't have to be hymns, you know. And um, I taught them as many songs as possible. Um, and they memorized, children memorizing so quickly. Yeah. And um, so we picked a nursing home day and then we went to the nursing home because that's the way God made me. I like to uh, minister to people and. So we served as a family, and we went, and Ben played piano from the time he was four, so he would play the songs, and the kids would stand up front and sing, and um, they got used to being with older people, and I encouraged them to go and find someone that they um, felt drawn to talk to and to ask them questions, and so they started keeping a journal about this person and their life, and they learned how to play chess with these people, so Mm. we did like we did life together, our, mm. my kids and I. And, you know, the laundry, yep, it sat home undone that day. And I stayed up late until 1 in the morning that night. And my um, my eyes were pretty tired the next day. But the next day I knew it was time to live life at home together, reading books or drawing and doing art projects. And so I learned to find a balance in my week. And instead of feeling like I needed to run full steam ahead, it was like a slow jog and we were all holding hands together. Mm. That's so good. You know, Oh, that is so so um, good. Okay, yeah, that's so really just looking at your family, looking at what your bent is, and what can you invite your children to come along and do with you? Right, Um, right. You begin to thrive as as a person and as a family. Um, You shine, you shine together, and you're happy together, and you're learning scripture together, and you're thriving. It's not like um, I'm trying to run laundry. Please go get yourself ready. Pick up your brother's clothes. C- bring them here. I mean, yeah, those things do ha- happen, and they always will. But it's yeah. not every day in and out like that. It's not drudgery anymore. That's so good. That's so good. And I think, you know, you we didn't mention that you do homeschool your kiddos. Mm-hmm. So that allows for some of that flexibility to be together. And Because and, I was yeah. homeschooled growing up, and so we did – we did do yeah. things like that. I mean, my parents were really passionate about politics and mm-hmm. different issues, and we would go and do things together. And even when my dad ran for office, we'd all be at the campaign office stuffing things. You know, we did it all together. Mm-hmm. My husband did mission yeah. trips with his family because yeah. that was important to them. And so just really figuring out what keeps your family hopping and gives yes. you life. Yeah. I mean, you – yeah, I mean, you – so much of our world is segregated. Mm-hmm. We go to church and everyone goes to their own place. And um, 
we all go to our own sport and we all go to our own activities and yeah. and it's nice to to imagine being together serving together mm-hmm. so thank you for that that's really good really good any yeah. last tip before you go to do music lessons mm. what would I you want that... one thing okay go ahead you're going um I, two things that I think that just came to my mind that I, I would like to, if I had to give um, just a little bit of hope to moms from a very imperfect mom myself, you know, you know, it would be number one that we all need help at different stages of our motherhood. And I would just encourage women not to be afraid to ask for help and to accept it because I, you know, I'm on um, both ends of the spectrum. I still have little ones and I still have um, a 22 year old, but I still need, there's days that I do need help. And so I've learned not to be afraid to ask. So what does that look um, like? Like what kind of help are you talking about? Um, asking for help, like saying to a friend, um, you know, I haven't been out of the house in two weeks and, um, maybe, you know, done my hair you know, and saying, can you please come over or saying to my husband, I'm almost to my wits end. I'm going to go to my bedroom tonight and I'm going to read one chapter of a book. Can you do that? Now, some women don't have that option, mm. but I know that there's usually someone, most everyone has a lifeline that they can call on, but I think we're afraid to look inadequate when we ask for help. So um, and I think it's I think also that, being aware of your needs, like realizing, Oh yeah. like you yeah. said, your husband, I'm at my, you, you need to realize I need to be in my room by myself reading a book tonight, or yeah. I need a shower, <laughs> I, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I would want to encourage women is that, um, you know, we're not, we're never going to be perfect moms, but the thing that has encouraged me is I'm learning this whole time with my children, raising them, I'm learning with them. Everything they learn, I'm learning. Everything that... Um, as they grow to be adults, I'm growing myself, and I have to give myself grace in that sometimes and remember that this is this is not, there will never be a moment that I've attained perfect motherhood. Yeah. So that's good. Um, just, just to, just to learn with your, with your children. Yeah. Yeah. For the perfectionists yeah. out there who want it all right now, we want to get it all right, right now. No, yeah. no waiting. Well, September, um, I kind of mentioned where people can find you. Where are you most, like, social media-wise? Are you somewhere most um, often? <laughs> yeah, I'm most – well, right now I'm mostly on Facebook because we're leading up to the conference, and I haven't um, – my blog has been kind of silent lately, but I'm in the beginning stages of a book that's really laying on my heart. So my blog will come alive again soon, but RaisingGenerationsToday.com is where we are most frequently and moms can find hope there there it's a blog and it's a website for the conference and um, a lot of great moms across the states um right there not just myself so um great great contributing writers including you yourself heather i'm supposed to be i'm supposed to be i haven't turned anything in for a few months but yeah Mm -hmm. you can find me there maybe someday in 2018 (laughs) i don't know Uh, raising generations today right that's what it is yeah 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 Okay, well, that's, I mean, if you're in the East Coast and you are looking for a mom conference um, or if you've never attended one, I would highly suggest it. I attend one here every year that they have in Dallas, and it's just a little, like an injection of I can do it and vision and um, especially with the theme hope that, that it would give you that boost to keep going because your calling is so important. This is not a time to be wasted and um, just to, to be rallied around. So. Thank you, September, for being faithful and putting that on. I know God will bless you. I can't wait to hear all the stories from the conference afterwards. 
Thank you for giving us time, too, in the midst of this season of getting ready for the conference. Yeah, no problem. It's been a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.